Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, comics, and much, much more. I'm your host, Josh Scar, and joined, as always, by my co-host, Alex. Alex, how you doing? Doing fantastic. We've actually had two days of sunlight, and I see... In the shadows, I think, of the far side of the room where there's not a whole light. Did you invite somebody on this episode? Oh, yes. We are joined by the very handsome, the very bearded Matt. Matt, how you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing good. Standing here in the shadows, just waiting for my moment. <laughs> You're in a very dark room this week, actually. You, usually you can see around you, but today you've decided to just like shroud yourself in mystery. Well, I want you guys to feel similarly to the listeners who... Must also just imagine me in a void of darkness. That's fair. <laughs> are you an international man of mystery? We can't tell where you are currently. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to say I'm at I'm at least an unnational man of mystery and go no further <laughs> than that. Decline to answer further. <laughs> oh man, Alex, why'd you have to bring up the sunlight? I'm so tired of the like three hours of sunlight we get per day right now. Just because it's constantly overcast. The sun doesn't come up in my area until like 745. I get a little bit of sunlight coming in and then it's gone by noon. Mm, I have a giant bay window to my left and it is glorious between 745 where I get the reflection from like water in the street into my eye. And then as it fades, I get a slight headache and then overcast to match my gloomy mood. So it's really nice right lately. I've had a sick baby for the last week, so I've not Aww. left my home in that period. So you guys are talking real luxury right now. Oh, <laughs> well, you want to talk luxury? I took I took the garbage out this week in my shorts and I felt fine like that. In January, I, I'm not going to complain too much other than the fact that, you know, we're killing the world and that kind of <laughs> sucks for us having kids and everything and what we're leaving them. But for a brief moment, I was like, oh, man, it's like. 49 degrees 50 degrees and humid and i'm in my shorts this is nice this is like that's the midwest life right there is mid mid 40s low 50s and you're just like yeah shorts weather yep flip-flops time baby oh yeah (laughs) all right well we're gonna talk 2024 preview this year or this year this week uh but before we get into that we're gonna hear over from our friends over at the i hate it let's watch it podcast we'll be right back Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself, oh my god, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers. Or seen a movie and thought, wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately. Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris. And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Deadly Illusions. And we give them the total rinse they deserve. It's basically group therapy for movie masochists. So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts. What a cool ad. Why? Don't, here's my suggestion. I, I'm sure you guys are great. If you don't, if you hate it, don't watch it. <laughs> well, where's, where's the content in that, Matt? What about, what about, I love it. Let's watch it. <laughs> That's my show. I'm starting. Just, just you watching Star Trek. It's a Star Trek watch along with Matt. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're talking Star and Trek. Leo. Today. We're talking Star Trek today. Don't just, you wait. <laughs> I'm sure we are. Uh, we're going to talk video games, TV shows, movies, and a little bit of comics coming out in 2024. We're going to kick things off with TV shows. And basically, I'm just going to kind of run through notable things that have been announced that we know dates for. And we'll, then we'll kind of discuss other things that maybe I missed or that we're excited about or things that I did mention that we're excited about or ambivalent about. But 
deserves talking about maybe. So uh, kicking off t- with TV shows in January, uh, starting this week, we have the Echo series coming to Hulu. We have Ted coming this week uh, to Peacock. And then in February, we've got the long-awaited Donald Glover, Mr. and Mrs. Smith show coming to Prime. Halo is somehow getting a season two on Paramount+. Plus. This one's just for me and Alex. I think we're the only two people that watch it. Ghosts is coming back to CBS. Yay! Uh, February 15th. This is one I'm I'm debating doing an episode on, but it's notable. It's the live-action Avatar The Last Airbender coming to Netflix. I didn't notice anything notable in March. So in April, we have Fallout coming to Prime. And then that's all I have because obviously we have sweeps that needs to get announced for all the fall premieres and everything else that gets canceled. Before we start too much, I need to ask a question because I know it's one of you cowards, one of you monsters. Who is the person who is posting about how excited they are for the Ted TV show on Facebook? Yeah, that's me. I am excited. Oh my God. (laughs) I knew it was you. I knew it. (laughs) I like Ted. I, I thought the first one was good. The second one for for what that he was forced into was fine. The Beetlejuice bit is funny in yeah. my opinion. I'm just yeah. giving you shit. I saw that on my Facebook and I was like, really that <laughs> love what you love. Love what you love. Well, okay. So part of it is when Seth MacFarlane is actually excited about a property, it can be interesting. Sure. And in, in, engaging. So the first few seasons of family, a guy were good. Uh, then we had the, American Dad is actually I I think the last ten years of American Dad is way superior than Family Guy has been the last ten years. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, Orville once he settled in post episode like three or four once he found his groove of what he actually wanted to tell. The last season of Orville uh, was it New New Horizons or whatever was mm-hmm. amazing. So if this is his new baby passion project, wanting to you know relive the nineties since <laughs> Lord knows he's relived the eighties plenty. Okay, give it to me. Let's see yeah, sure, what we can sure, do sure. here. The Facebook doesn't speak for me. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is the social media manager, so any complaints are directed towards Alex, even though I will probably be the one that reads the message. Thank you for protecting my sanity with that. <laughs> um, the main the main thing I'll mention is, um, because I'm me, we got to do a Star Trek check-in. A Star Trek there you go. <laughs> Star Trek Discovery is coming back for its final season in April, which I'm interested in. You know, I, we've talked before. I, I think Discovery is a fine show, even if it's maybe in the lower tier of newer Star Trek shows. I've been curious to check it out just because, like, I know that's the one that introduced the Strange New Worlds team. So I, yeah. I've been curious to go back because I know a lot of it was kind of hated on by some people for a while because it was the Star Trek that swore. Right. And it was trying to be a little more edgy, but. Uh, I've heard it settled down. It's an interesting show. It, I will be interested to see how people feel about it in like five or 10 years, just because it's like, you know, people hated TNG when it started too. People hated DS9. I don't, I don't think Discovery's as good as those obviously, but you know, I'll be curious to see when people reappraise it. But I think even if it isn't always like the most star trekking, I enjoy it. It's so good. I'm interested to see how they wrap it up, but that's been, I think the last, season the previous season was not i think it ended at like 2021 so it's been a while since it's been gone they've been waiting for this last season for a while so i'm curious to see how it, how it wraps up and then we know at some point we don't have a date for it yet but star trek prodigy the second season was picked up by netflix after paramount did its hbo thing and nuked it unceremoniously from the service 
And Star Trek Prodigy, this uh, the first season, I feel like it was really underrated. It's a really great show. It's like Star Trek by way of like Clone Wars or Rebels, Star Wars, you know, where it's okay. sort of approaching, it's doing this sort of like kitty it's all ages accessible yeah and then as it goes it sort of it sort of deepens itself and it's sort of a show that sort of teaches you what's cool about star trek in real time with the assumption that like you're a kid who doesn't know what star trek is so it starts out with like pretty standard kitty fare and then as it goes it's sort of introducing you to very star trekky concepts and stories so the first season is now on netflix if you haven't seen it it's really cool it's really great um so looking forward to the second season and then presumably at some point this year, we'll get um, the other shows, which are Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds. I assume Strange New Worlds will come back in 2025. Maybe we'll get Lower Decks just because animation is a different kind of animal. They tend they tend to be they, they tend to be once a year, although it's possible the strikes last year messed that up. It's too late to say. I think um, I would I would bet at least one, if not both, we will see a season this year because Usually lower, lower decks has come back at the end of the summer. So we'll, we'll see, but you know, I think there's lots of good star Trekky stuff. If you, if you like that, and that's the, that there's my first of maybe several <laughs> star Treks. There you go. Alex, anything you're looking forward to on TV st- side of things? Yeah. The final season of uh, what we do in the shadows should be coming later this year yeah they just they just announced it was the last season yeah yeah they picked it up for i think four five and six all at once like one big go like a few years back it really sinks at its ending because it's still just it's a solid show yes the premise has kind of worn a bit the last two seasons but there's just something glorious about those characters doing anything in that world this most recent season had one of my just astounding laugh out loud bits of them actually going outside thinking their house was being attacked because of a water main broke nearby. They're trying trying to like attack the the city for turning on them and it's completely working against them. Yep. It's just letting those, that core group just run at each other is just beautiful. And yeah, which is what a cool, which is what a good sitcom does. It's like a cool, you're just like hanging out with those characters. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, every season does kind of like a little bit of a soft reboot of like, no one's really learned anything. You know, we're kind of back to the same place we've always been, but there's so much heart in there. There's just a little bits of development of the characters and their situation that, yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing it for a few more, but we're just getting one more. We're getting one more. I haven't seen the most, I think, two recent episodes, seasons of what we do in the shadows. The last one I saw was when Colin Robinson, quote unquote, dies. (laughs) reborn as a baby Colin Robinson. Um, I need to, I need to pick up on, on yeah. that again, but I, I just kind of lost time. Yeah. It's all on but one, one show that I, I completely spaced on cause it wasn't on anything. I don't know if the production timeline has been changed at all or the, the schedule release has been changed, but uh Superman and Lois season four is yep. supposed to happen yeah. this year. So hopefully that still does its summer thing releases 10 episodes throughout the summer. Fourth and final season. Yeah, season three ended on a cliffhanger, so we better get a, a damn resolution <laughs> soon. I'm a little surprised because, you know, it's been pretty clear. It's, you know, it's a show on CW about Superman and Lois and their family and all that stuff. It has been pretty clear for a while that CW doesn't really want to do like the, the, the DC shows anymore. You know, they just started a lot. Some of them were long in the tooth, 
granted, but you know, they within a couple of years, basically all of them ended. Um, so I really was not expecting Superman and Lois, which I think is a pretty underrated, pretty solid Superman show to get another season. And I'm curious to know how much like doing a cliffhanger as their season finale was them saying like, come on, motherfuckers, give us one more. <laughs> well, I, I know that the production studio behind Superman and Lois is HBO, um, which is why it looks so much better than some of the other Arrowverse shows. Sure. But I don't know exactly why or how they have it released on the CW other than the fact that it ties into some Arrowverse stuff loosely anymore. Yeah. But as yeah. far as like other TV shows, I'm I'm really curious what Echo is going to be. I know they're dumping every episode and that's kind of led a lot of people to think like, oh, Disney thinks this is shit, so it's going to be bad. Um, but I've seen some people who have seen advanced copies of the pilot at the very least, and they've said it's surprisingly good. Like it's yeah. a little light on action, but it's kind of I've seen I've heard people say it's it's similar to Andor in the sense of like it raises questions and it does a really good job of what it's trying to do and it's not necessarily just like superhero action yeah i'm i'm intrigued by it because it, you know it's it's maybe not the thing that i would reach for if i was like oh what kind of mcu should i want to see it will be interesting to see how it hits just because i know people are like you know nervous about its quality because they're just kind of dropping it all at once which nowadays in streaming seems like they don't have you know it's a it's a no faith move gesture yeah yeah and they are advertising it. It's interesting because, when, uh, and you know that that I will say that I'm been a proponent of like we, the weekly TV model on this show, obviously. So like I'm someone who prefer to come out week to week. So it's an interesting move. It's also interesting that they are advertising this, or they have advertised this as like a fairly standalone thing, which I will be interested to see how that works out for them. Just because like. One of the interesting things about the where the MCU is at right now, and I know you guys recently did an episode talking all about this stuff, but um, is how much the perception that everything is connected and you need to see everything was was once of of arguably the biggest strength of the MCU, right? And now I think it's kind of turned where this the perception that you have to watch four TV shows and three movies to understand this one movie or something has turned against it. And I think that's, that's less true in practice than people think it is, but even so the perception is there, right? So I'll be interested to see if this is like the first of several shows where they're like, trust us, you'll be fine. If you don't watch Hawkeye or daredevil on from Netflix or whatever else, you know? Yeah. They, they have a new term for it. It's called Marvel spotlight. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. Well, it's also because it's going to be their more quote unquote mature content. Like I, yeah. I, that's something that they're trying to test the waters with, with this. Yeah. They're also releasing it same day on Disney plus and Hulu to try to get yep. that like cross promotion. I believe Agatha Coven of chaos is supposed to also be a spotlight. I don't know if I, there's been an MCU thing that I, I care less about than Agatha Coven of chaos or whatever it is. It's such an interesting show because it's like the time, the time for that was 2021, right? Because it's taken so long to develop. Cause I don't think that they expected her to be such a popular character from WandaVision. It's because of the damn theme song. Like the theme song is the only thing that really made that character stand out in my opinion. But even so the, the time to strike that iron was, way earlier than four years later right it's just funny yeah. that they're still going through with it well they're supposed to film vision quest this year 
no one's mentioned vision other than a passing line of her calling him viz in a, a multiverse of madness you know does anyone care about vision quest my pale white boy is out there somewhere <laughs> he's got his memories back he's he's gonna get a new paint job yeah speaking of echo though i think uh, daredevil born again is supposed to come out this year we'll see if that still happens because uh, that's been completely retooled so that, that got, i'm pretty sure that got delayed because they're, they're they went back to like a, a page one rewrite current release date is february 2025 I mean, February 2025 makes sense. That's like the 23 year anniversary of when Daredevil originally released starring Ben Affleck. Yeah. Twenty. The, the noted 20 February 2003, something like that. Oh, I think let's, let's get him back in the suit. You know what? Secret Wars bring back Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Why not? Well, they're going to. I mean, that's what they're that's why you do Secret Wars, right? Is so you can do the No Way Home thing. For I think you mean the ever... Flashpoint thing. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. You can do that for every single person who was ever in a Marvel movie. So we're going to get cameos from Ben Affleck, Jessica Alba, Michael Chiklis. Young down Lafayette. the line. Down the line. I mean, yeah. Hell, that Chris Evans guy. I don't think no. he's been in an MCU thing yet. You know, yeah. they, if, they, if they had balls, they would actually release the like 1992 fantastic four movie that got filmed they should yeah <laughs> well i think they said all that stuff within the is canon within the multiverse now. oh my god so like uh, yeah all that's there that's the multiverse roger corman's um, you know fantastic four bring it <laughs> let's see it so there, there are two other tv shows i really want to talk about quickly if we may just because like halo is a show that I I am so shocked got a season two because I think if it was any other kind of sci-fi show, I think it would have been pretty well received, but because it's halo, there's a lot of nitpicking that comes with it. Mainly chief is without his helmet for a good chunk of the show, which I'm, I'm 50 50 on because like you try to separate the show from the thing it's adapting and you got to figure out a way to make it interesting because Master Chief is essentially the Mandalorian. So like you, Jin Jaren. uh, So like he, he should keep his helmet on more often than not. But in this show, they're like, keep the armor off. That's too expensive. It's an interesting show. I watched the first like half of the first season and it wasn't like a show that I despise. I don't give a shit about it um, for like lore reasons or whatever. I thought it was an interesting way to like approach an adaptation, but I was still like halfway through. I think there was just one week I missed it because I think it was a weekly release, and I was like, "Oh, whoops! It's now it's been six months <laughs> since the series ended, and I just cannot give a shit enough to go fit back and finish it." Exactly. I mean, that's the thing about it is that we have very simple rules as fans. Mando, keep your fucking helmet on, and Master Chief. Have Cortana be blue AI and sexy with your helmet on. That's all we need. And we got like half of that. <laughs> I think it's good that he fucked. <laughs> yeah. I think it's good that he fucked. Good for him. You know what? I, I, I truly believe that uh, She-Hulk opened the door for anyone fucking. Because you. once you got Thank a you. confirmation end of episode one that Captain America fucks, you know, Master Chief fucks. Mando Thank apparently you. fucks. I, we learned that in the first like episode. <laughs> it's her first season. People don't appreciate She-Hulk, and She-Hulk really did a lot for us. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm just shocked that they they got a season two out of it. I don't know if it was like a contractual obligation where they're like, you get two seasons, and then we'll see what happens. But I the way season one ended, I am curious. Ricky and I did watch all the way to the end. I I am 
anticipating this show in a, in the sense of just like where are they going with it based yeah. on what they did in season one. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about real quickly for TV shows is Avatar The Last Airbender, the live action adaptation coming to Netflix on February 22nd. Okay. I don't want it. <laughs> I didn't order this. Take it back. I, I think the casting is really good. I, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, it's Paul something. Giamatti? No. Uh, Bettany? Avatar The Last <laughs> Airbender. Netflix. Thomas Anderson? <laughs> the uh the screenshots have released so far they look good they do P- sorry paul sun hyung lee uh he's playing uncle iroh you also would know him as the uh x-wing pilot that mando is friends with he's also um Kim, kim's convenience is his big yeah he's he's yeah. the dad from kim's convenience to to make things a lot more simple ah, um, okay okay really okay. good duty uh, he's a good social media follow if you haven't followed him on social media at all but uh like him as uncle Iroh. And like, as Matt was saying before I rudely interrupted, <laughs> the cast looks great. The costuming looks great. I just don't need it. Yeah. I'm the, not the, sure that the animated series was fine. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy people are excited though. Like people do seem genuinely hyped for this. I don't know that I'm there. It doesn't mean I'm not going to watch it. I might check it out, but like, I'm happy. You're happy. You know, I'm a little confused. Why is nobody in this show blue? Is this not a spinoff of Avatar? (laughs) 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 On that terrible joke, I will say that there is one show that I'm actually looking forward to. Amazon's Fallout coming out in April. Fallout, man. Surprise the hell out of me that that looks good as shit. Doesn't it look great? Wally Goggs don't miss. Yeah, Walton Goggins does not miss. Baby Billy's Bible thumpers or whatever the fuck it was. I've never been a, the hugest Fallout like fanboy. I, I I admit for Bethesda, I have tried playing their games by accidentally picking up like the worst ones, like um, Elder Scrolls. I picked Oblivion to try to play, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, you picked the wrong one." I'm like, "I'm like, it, I, I, like, what's wrong with this thing?" Well, you shouldn't have gotten on PS3, and it uh, that's the wonkiest, buggiest version. I'm like, "Okay, so I'm being punished for trying to enjoy something." Okay, thank you. And then I tried Fallout 76. No, why? Yeah, supposedly it's gotten better. <laughs> so I'm gonna try the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, don't don't jinx us, man. <laughs> try not. To. But yeah, I'm really surprised that it looks good. You know, it's one of those things where there was a gold. There's like a video game adaptations are like have been the gold rush for the last couple of years, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, as we we're just talking about with Halo. And you know, I think that the Mario movie, which was the big thing last year, was like. It was fine. It existed. It was like not offensive. It was vanilla ice cream. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's so hard to know what you're going to get with this thing where is it going to actually be good or is it just like it's happening because everybody is, you know, buying up IPs to fill out their streaming originals. And this is one that like, oh, actually does look, you know, for the brief glimpses we've gotten of it actually looks pretty solid. And it's enough that I'm at least going to check it out. Yep. I think studios have found a good sweet spot with video game adaptations because it's a long form storytelling device because you're, you're devoting 20 plus hours into a thing to tell a story for people to interact with. And I think especially week to week television, like the last of us did is the best way to go. And prime is known for week to week releases, although they do bulk release in some cases, but like I recently just finished the twisted metal series on Peacock and that's surprisingly fun. Like, it's not great, 
but sure. it's surprisingly fun. That's another one that's exactly what, I, like what I'm talking about, though, like where you see the twisted metal, they're making a twisted metal thing that has all these stars. You're like, what? Yeah. And then people actually kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it part of it is the, the, at least for season one, they just took a very loose premise and introduced us to the world. And then season two is going into like, this is what the games are like. Yeah. Cause I think it's the, the second to last episode. I was like, Oh damn, they're going to do a twisted metal. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like the, the finale kicks off with the big battle. That is like a twisted metal style fight in uh, like an abandoned parking lot. Does anybody say it's time for this metal to get twisted or anything like that? Is there like a Nev Campbell metal? literally says I will burn you or I will destroy you into a pile of twisted metal. If you Good don't do her. this thing. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> and, and by the way, sweet tooth is the best character of that. Series. Sweet tooth. <laughs> if he uh, spoilers for twisted metal, if he didn't kill that dog, I honestly cannot believe I'm hearing this. Like you guys go around and send a rant about how good twisted metal is. <laughs> if, if sweet tooth didn't kill that dog, he might've been my favorite character of 2023. Yeah, I Will Arnett <laughs> continues to just use that Batman voice for everything, yep. and it works. You mean just his voice? Just his voice. <laughs> it, the dialogue and the characterization work so well. He's like a wannabe showman. Uh, he's a a kid actor who was sent to a childhood uh, or a juvenile detention center for mentally ill people, mm-hmm. and like he, it they just play it up so well. Um, it, it's surprisingly done in such a way that it's fun um <laughs> they just i think there's like one misstep which is i think it's the thing to show like oh yeah just because he's he's connecting with a lot of these characters on a weirdly emotional level but it's still intense doesn't mean he's not a bad guy right yeah. the uh the body work is uh the characterization is done by the wrestler samoa joe who does yeah. a fantastic job and you have will Arnett doing the voice and they just it blends so perfectly. They do a pretty good job with the ADR because he's behind a mask. So it's a little muffled yeah. and they, they do a really good job with that. But let's, let's move into other things. Cause we've spent 30 minutes on TV. This is going to be a two hour <laughs> episode. If we keep going like this, we're going to talk video games next, which there, there aren't a lot of video games mentioned with solid release dates. Uh, so I'm just going to highlight a, a few. 2023 is like a huge year for, year for releases too. Oh, so yeah. I would expect yeah, this one so, to be light. Uh, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem game coming out, which like we'll see if that's actually any good. Um, the Ninja Turtles have had a big couple of years with uh, Shredder's Revenge, plus the collection and Mutant Mayhem being pretty fun. Uh, and then Star Wars Outlaws, which is coming out sometime later this year, is one that I'm interested in. I still have have not played Jedi Survivor. It's good, but mm-hmm. from everything I've seen, Jedi Out- or Star Wars Outlaws is supposed to be you get to play as Han Solo without being Han Solo and tied to that canon. It's it's an Ubisoft game, so I think it's going to be very similar if you're familiar with like the newer Assassin's Creed games in gameplay style. As long as it's not open world and it's more story driven, I'm fine. I think it may. I don't know how much of that wish you're going to get, but <laughs> I'll keep an eye out on it. But yeah. uh, other games coming out this year in January, we've got Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, the long-awaited. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong, Star Wars, Dark Forces Remastered, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And then in March, we've got Princess Peach Showtime, uh, as well as South Park Snow Day. And then this one I just put in for Alex. Um, In June, we have Destiny 2, The Final Shape. 
Yay. Everything else does not have a solid date. Yeah, that whatever that means. Of. What'd you say? I said, whatever that means, whatever the final shape means. <laughs> it's a polygon. It is going to be an interesting year for games, though, I think, because um, it, Nintendo will be really interesting to watch this year because there are rumors. I think a lot of people are expecting for them to at least announce like what their Switch successor is going to be, if not release it. Um, I think a lot of people are sort of of the mind that you know, Tears of the Kingdom was like their last like huge, big first party release for the Switch. Um, although, you know, Princess Peach looks pretty good. I think it looks like a cute little game. Prepare at some point this year, they have announced a Paper Mario Thousand Year Door remake, remaster, whatever it is. That's right. Yeah. They haven't announced a date for it yet, but I'm looking forward to that. Hope Springs Eternal for Zelda Wind Waker and Twilight Princess remasters to get ported. Finally, get those off the Wii U. So I think as far as games go, I think it's probably going to be a lighter year release wise. Like it's insane how many games, good games came out last year, but I think Nintendo will be interesting to watch just to see, you know, I think we're going to find out what the next few years of them are going to look like pretty soon. Uh, One other game that I just saw that uh, for January that came up that I know Matt, you're, I should say games that I know you'll be hyped for uh, Apollo justice. The ACE attorney trilogy is coming yeah, out baby. on January 25th. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, those I fucking love those games. I've played all three of them already. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm buying it again. Three ACE attorney games that were on the three DS, two of which never got physical releases here in the West. I'm hype. Those games are not as good as like the original ACE attorney trilogy, but they're good games. And I'm hoping if I keep buying the the re, the reissues they will eventually make a new one <laughs> i'm a i'm excited you know we got the second part of the final fantasy 7 remake final yep. fantasy 7 was it rebirth 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 yep. yep it's gonna be interesting to see how far they get because the first in theory the first one only got you maybe like like a tenth of the way into the story but they say yeah. that they're only doing two more so it's gonna be interesting uh, what they try to do, I, I am excited. Thank you, Josh, for Destiny, the final shape, because this is supposed to, this is was delayed from February to June because they wanted to massage it and give it some extra oomph because it's supposed to be the final well, final release for Destiny 2. Bungie is collapsing as a company slowly also, right? <laughs> well, that's actually very true. Yeah. And I will say, as somebody who has sunk 1,700 hours into Destiny 2 over the last few years, I love the story. I, I played for that. The um, the gunplay is fantastic. The outfits look great, but the model is just so, so overly monetized and it's so yeah. convoluted. There is the only reason I was playing is because my friends are like, well, this is like our favorite game and we'll like guide you through everything. Sure. And I joined right after the first content vault. And then when I experienced the second content vault, I was like, I paid for all this. Why is this going away? Yep. And then over the past year and a half, monetizing every little piece of it. And how do you, intro- there's no good new light introduction. There's no great way for me to catch up any of the story. Unless, unless you bought destiny one and still have it on like your Xbox, you can't play the original story and um, you can't play much of the story of destiny Two. So much of it's locked away. So you're kind of starting at beyond light, which is, halfway through the story and the seasonal model is a grind, but I keep 
playing. I have friends who play, but it's impossible to introduce somebody new to it. That's the main yeah. problem. I Destiny 2 is such an interesting game because I played Destiny when it first came out and I enjoyed it. I didn't like do the do all the um, raids and stuff, things like that. And I, I just kind of missed Destiny 2 when it came out, but I was following the the, the pre-release stuff. So I had an idea of like, oh, here's what the story setup is. So I was like baffled when I finally dipped into it because like friends were like, hey, let's play together. And like that was just gone. You know, I was like, oh, so I'm expecting to see like this big opening set piece that I've heard about. And it's just, nope, that's gone. That is because yep. we, we locked away half the game. Yeah, which is like, you know, they have their reasons for it. And then they've yeah. justified it. But it is like baffling to me. Like that game is fun to play, but I find it in completely inscrutable as someone who is rel- is somewhat experienced, but mostly a novice at playing the game. Well, the worst one of the worst parts about it is that you get so much story through the seasonal content, and then that gets vaulted immediately, and you can't go back and buy previous seasons. They don't they don't have like an in game way of like click you know like oh you finished the Witch Queen, you're about to start uh you're about to start Lightfall watch this 30 minutes of cutscenes of what happened in the last year. They don't do that. Yeah. They that like, is incredibly the, frustrating. They have like brief story summaries buried, like a one paragraph story summary per like season or whatever buried in a menu that I found. And I was like, Oh, I know that Nathan Fillion's character, like okay. spoilers died very famously. It doesn't sound very interesting from this three sentences you wrote about him. <laughs> No, and the part of what's also frustrating about that is that that those story arcs are unlocked by doing this. Those little snippets are unlocked by doing the seasonal content, and then you like finish part of the storyline, and then that little chapter of the book gets unlocked for you, and then you can go read it. <laughs> and that's great. And so I don't know if like that's because I haven't been a new light in forever. I don't know if that's unlocked automatically when you start it up. I it all I know is I'm going to play it, and I'm hoping that I can put it down. <laughs> And walk away because the last like four years of playing this have absorbed my life. <laughs> Look, and I, I I gotta say I don't mean this as a slam at all, but like I I'm someone who I play Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh yeah, and I will occasionally check my in game clock and it's at like five hundred hours. And every time I'm like, what have I done with my life? So then I hear seventeen hundred hours, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> okay, to be fair, <laughs> a lot of that is just left on the pause screen. <laughs> I started playing it at the beginning of the pandemic because my I was like, sure. and so there was about a year and a half where literally I had nothing to do but sit yeah. in my house and play Destiny. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, like I said, not a slam. It sounded like a slam. It was not oh, one. I was just like, no. I, I I actually casually looked it up the other uh, was it like a few months ago and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just did a quick look up. That's it's basically seventy one yeah. days. Great. Yeah, don't think about don't think about that too much. Mm-hmm. No, the good news is that my <laughs> friends who, who got me into this, their playtime is way higher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet. So to move past Destiny, there is a different game that I'm excited about that should, in theory, come out later this year. The Last of Us Two Remastered. God no, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two. Yeah, that looks interesting. That was delayed for a couple of years. Yeah, that's been delayed for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Vampire: The Masquerade. Bloodlines one, I mean, came out in 2004. It had a rush cycle. It came out, I think, the same week as Half Life one, and it it got buried. It was unfinished state, but the storyline and play is so good that fans have literally kept the game alive. 
so much so that um, GOG, if you buy it through GOG, it's called the unofficial patch because fans have worked in to fix all the bugs and also the dialogues and glitches and actually restore levels yeah. um, that the original that the creators had to cut out because they were being pressed to release it. That GOG, ha- it comes installed with that. Steam, you have to add it. GOG is like, if you want to be playable, you have to base and you have to have the unofficial patch. Bloodlines 2, as you said, has been delayed. They, I think originally announced in 2016, it's gone through this hellish development cycle, but the Chinese room has taken it over. They're releasing, they're releasing play, uh, clan uh, play style uh, trailers and stuff like that. I'm hoping it's good. I started playing Vam- uh, Vampire the Masquerade a few years back, the actual role-playing game with some friends, and then I started Bloodlines, you know, get a taste for it and just, if you're not an edge lord like Josh, it's actually such a great game. <laughs> if you can't understand the edge lordness of things, it's because you don't understand uh, art. Uh, no, wow. I, it's because so I don't want to know snowblower. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> no, that makes you an elitist. I will say, you know, we, I, I could talk about games all day. There's, you know, tons of stuff, but the one that I'm also keeping an eye out for is, uh, you know, Hope Springs Eternal for Hollow Knight Silk Song. The game that may or may not actually exist. Theoretically, they are working on it as they have been for the last several years. I'm hoping this year is the year, but we'll see. I thought 2023 was maybe the year, but here we are. So, I was. So, have either of you played Dragon's Dogma? No. Okay. Dragon's Dogma 2 is releasing in late March. Dragon's Dogma came out in 2012. Dogma heads are hyped for it. Dogma heads are hyped for it. So I played Dragon's Dogma. I got it for like 10 bucks in like 2016. It was Dragon's Dogma plus the expansion, Dark Arisen. And I was like, okay, I like fantasy stuff. I sank so much time into that game. Not 1700 hours, but like, you know, (laughs) because it's a, the combat was chunky and fun, but also the pawn system of, you have your main character, you have what you you have their abilities, but the other three NPCs that co- come with you are called pawns and you can like trade them out at any time by going to these portals. So like you're if you're having struggle with like some kind of creature like who has fire abilities and like stomp and some other stuff and movement, you can be like, okay, my current group isn't working, I can go get others. But also what's really cool about it is that you can is that when you go to that portal system, it has other people's pawns like other players you can borrow their people that they have customized of how they have like their fighting style and then they i believe they got experience for you borrowing their their characters yeah and so that was really fun the story was good it was the the weaving paths the choices you make actually had impact i remember accidentally insulting this one merchant in the dialogue system and then towards the end of the game i went and found her and she apparently had the really good sword that I wanted to buy, but because I had insulted her, she <laughs> wouldn't sell it to me and I couldn't kill her to take it. <laughs> so I looked it up. I'm like, I, but I want the sword. It's stats are so great. And it's like, well, if you picked, if, if you pissed her off by not doing her quest line back in act one, she remembers. And it's like, and God I can't it. get the sword. So I never got that damn weapon, but it's, it's yeah, it's Way fun. To go. And I, the, they had uh, an MMO for a little while, but it never left Japan and recently has closed. They put all their efforts into two. Two looks amazing. Yeah, people are hyped for it. Mm-hmm. I've never played it, but it's one of those ones that like smart people that I follow 
to talk who talk about games love it enough that I'm always kind of I'm like oh I, maybe I should check that out because they really find something interesting in this game. Well, thank you for the compliment that I'm a smart person you follow. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> seventeen hundred hours, totally. <laughs> I can't say there's much for me that I'm I'm very excited for just because my time for gaming is so limited. Um, I am interested in Princess Peach Showtime. Um, I wish I could say I was excited for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, but that game looks like it's just going to be a complete I'm intrigued by it, but I'm not excited for it yet. I'm interested to see how it turns out. Yeah, if it hits Games Pass, maybe I'll give it a try. But I'm I'm playing a lot of 2023 stuff that I'm trying to catch up on this year. I've got to start Jedi Survivor. Um, I'm hoping we get some Spider-Man two DLC. Like I'm kind of shocked at how um, Insomniac has kind of just let the game sit for a while. Cause I remember with uh, the first Spider-Man game, they, they didn't let like 60 days go by. And then until they, like they released like a bunch of free DLC suits and stuff. And like this one, it feels like they're just kind of letting the game settle for a while until they announced DLC pack. Yeah, I could, I, one thing I will say, I don't know how true this is, but one of the things that recently happened in the gaming space was a massive hack and data breach of Insomniac that sort of laid out their next like several years of plans, including like a third, a third Spider-Man game, possibly a Venom game details about that Wolverine game they're working on. One of the things that came out about that and I, you know, who knows this stuff, could all be plans that changed or whatever is that they plan a bunch of smaller DLC updates for Spider-Man two over the course of 2024 that again are smaller, but they are free. So I don't know how true that is or like how story dense they are, but that is, that is what I've heard about that to date. I forgot about the, uh, the hack that happened, which like, fuck those guys that did that. Cause Hack better people, <laughs> like worse people. I mean, yeah, there's medical debt and student loans. What are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to help the world do that. Like just cause you're a bunch of neck bearded nerds that really need to know what's going on with the Wolverine game. Like, you're gonna get us hacked. I disavow all this. I think you guys did a great job. I think <laughs> you guys did great. Please don't hack. Don't hack me. I have a please, baby. Please listen to the, the edge Lord King Josh and hack different people. <laughs> Yeah. So before we move on into movies, uh, Matt, you had offered to, before we started recording, you had offered to mention a couple of comic events happening, which um, before we get into that, I I, I did remember that uh, Radiant Black is going to be wrapping up its dual storylines through this year. I believe it's going to wrap up in March, if not April, uh, where the dueling timelines are going to reconverge at the end of the Cataclysm War. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, that's been an interesting... Um story where i i admit that i'm a little ambivalent about two full price issues all in one month but um it's been interesting to see how they started out very similar where like the first issue the first issues of that were like the same issue but with like slightly different scenes right Mm -hmm. and then they've branched as they've branched out exploring like okay the different which this character would do this and this but this character would do this and how they branch so i'm curious to see how they resolve and then how that sort of folds back into itself yeah and kyle higgins said uh in our massive month episode that like this was the original concept for radiant black this is what he was building towards this is what the book is so like this is 
he has issues planned beyond and stories planned beyond all this. So cool. I'm, I'm curious where he's going to go with the book beyond his original concept. And plus, obviously, getting to find out what the conclusion is to this very intriguing story, because sure. there's obviously like collateral damage that has happened between different storylines and different people have been affected. And he, Kyle Higgins teased that certain radiance may not make it. So we'll see sure. what happens. Yeah. But w- what are Marvel and DC up to this year? Well, we're sort of in in that period where certain things they haven't announced a ton, at least that I've seen. So like, you know, they usually do a big sum, both do like a big summer event. I don't know what those are at this point. I don't know if they've announced it or not, but there's a couple things I can talk about or in a couple things I can just name check as things that I'm keeping an eye on. One of the things that we talked about briefly before recording is that I believe as of this recording, it is next week. Um, Marvel is resurrecting the ultimate universe in, in like a, a real way. If you don't know what the ultimate universe is, it is a, um, it was an imprint they did in the 2000, in the year 2000. That was the idea was, you know, the Marvel's Marvel has been going on for about 35 years. We want to give people a fresh start that is, does not require a bunch of knowledge. We're like doing reboots of of these classic stories that are starting in the year 2000. So like Ultimate Spider-Man was what if Spider-Man was was bitten today and we're doing those early stories today. That officially went away with in 2015 with Secret Wars where all the universes got destroyed and then rebuilt and then they used that as an excuse to cancel their entire Ultimate line. They are bringing I should say they are bringing a line of comics called Ultimate Comics back. It is notably not a return to the original ultimate universe. It is a different alternate universe that is called ultimate comics. The idea is there was a mini series last, last year. The whole thing is spearheaded by Jonathan Hickman, who is a guy that I like. He, he wrote secret wars that I just name checked. He is sort of the, the main architect behind what the X-Men has been up to for the last few years. Very big ideas, lots of like complicated ideas and stuff. He wrote a mini series last year called ultimate invasion that was basically the setup for this whole thing the idea is in the original ultimate universe their version of reed richards eventually became a villain and as part of the secret war stuff he was shunted into the main universe and then he was like i'm going back i'm going back to my universe see some later chumps but he went back and he sort of like it was either the it was either the ultimate universe or it's a different universe either way he tailored it to his liking so it's like a vastly different alternate marvel timeline which is anyway that's all whatever they're launching it with ultimate ultimate spider-man is coming back um i'm intrigued by it because it's being written by jonathan hickman hickman's a guy i like he is someone that people have wanted to see on spider-man for a long time and this is um a departure insofar as it is a story about a spider-man or peter parker becomes spider-man when he's an adult and has like a wife and kids so it's not Oh, he's Spider-Man. He's got a family. It's he has a family, and then he becomes Spider-Man. Is my understanding. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out. A couple other books they have announced for that are Ultimate X-Men and Ultimate Black Panther. I don't know much about those. There's a couple other books they've announced that I'm forgetting right now, but um, that's maybe the biggest thing that I know about from Marvel at the moment. Although I mentioned X-Men, and something that's happening right now is they are in the process of winding down this sort of what they call the Krakoan era of X-Men, which is the thing that Jonathan Hickman started uh, a few years back. So they're gearing up for a big relaunch of the line in July, 
they haven't really announced what it will be, except that it is some some degree of a reset. So whether that's we're going back to basics and we're back at school or we're doing some new status quo, I don't know. But X-Men is in for a big refresh. I don't know much that DC is doing at the moment or for for this year. Right now they're in the middle of their, their big Titans-focused Beast World crossover, which is a thing where a bunch of people become animal men and women because of a weird beast boy thing and it's you know it's fine it's 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 spitting out of the titans book which is like the big currently the big premier superhero team in the dc universe the justice league is on hiatus written by tom taylor who is also writing nightwing it's, that's pretty decent so i'll be interested yeah, to see that how book. that shakes out yeah i'll be interested to see how that shakes out and if it has any like larger ramifications yeah he seems to be planting seeds for a lot of stuff like he's got a uh a new quote unquote Trinity between um, I forget uh, Wonder Woman's daughter, Damian Wayne's Batman and Jonathan Kent as Superman. Uh, he's, he seems to be planting seeds for some kind of long-term or at least future and present kind of storyline. That's uh, something that is something to keep an eye on. Yeah. That is a uh, Trinity who is a character I despise. I said the word <laughs> you don't like Trinity. Really? No, <laughs> she has been in one story so far and like i don't don't say this lightly i promise you i don't say this lightly i when people say this i roll my eyes she is like what people mean when they like what shitheads mean when they say ray is a mary sue (laughs) like she is like she she has been in one story that i've read and it is a story where she is like the coolest quippiest smartest character and is like the leader of the justice league and john kent and damian wayne can't stop talking about how cool she is (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man, you're really trying hard to get this one over. <laughs> like, okay. Um, we'll see how it shakes out. But I, I read one story and I was like, you know, I'm. Is that from the Wonder Woman 700 or whatever? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I know uh, he, Tom Taylor wrote that story in particular because he's building towards that, I think, in his Superman book. If you if you listen to this, me on the show at all, you know, I'm not a person who like is casually like, oh, a competent, cool woman. She sucks. <laughs> but this was one where I was like, you, this is like, this is what that is. This is like the definition of that. Anyway, that's all beside the point. Growing up, uh, when we were, uh, I think we were, when we were in, like freshmen in college, Matt, you famously to me said there are no bad characters, only bad writers. Uh, except for Scar, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I stand, I don't know how much I stand by that, but I will say if there's a good character in Trinity, I haven't seen it yet. So that's fair. She's, she's got room to grow. Or sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. they've got room to walk back some things on her. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll go off a couple other things that I'm like keeping an eye on that are ongoing, ser- mostly ongoing series that I think are good right now. Size, size barrier and Mike Diodato are doing a flash from right now that I think is really solid. It's like really weird and trippy. Oh yeah, Jason Aaron is joining is jumping on Action Comics this year, who is another writer who I Ooh, usually nice. I associate with Mar I associate with Marvel a lot, but I really like him. Yeah, he's the guy who did the the Thor revitalization with Gore the God yep. Butcher plus yep. uh Jane Foster Thor. Yep, yep, yep. Um to both both of which you can see in the hit movie Thor Love and Thunder. Um the movie we all love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he's done like he's done runs on X Men. He just wrapped a, a pretty sizable run on Avengers. So I'm really interested to see how that shakes out. Meanwhile, like Joshua Williamson is writing Superman, which has been really solid. I don't like all that guy's work, but Superman's been really good. Uh, Chip Zdarsky's on Batman. I like that book pretty well. 
Al Ewing is like fucking killing it on everything he's doing, especially Immortal Thor, which is like sort of a spiritual follow up to his run on Immortal Hulk, which was like the best Hulk book of the last like decade at least. You mentioned Radio Black, I had that written down, but also you know IDW Star Trek books, Star Trek Star Trek in um, IDW Star Trek books, which are sort of like a semi canonical like follow up to Deep Space Nine are continue to be pretty solid so i'm interested to see how those shake out star trek and star trek defiant so yeah comics are cool comics are great i know alex is reading something is killing the children mm-hmm. uh that's another indie Ooh. comic that's that's one that i've been that. meaning to pick up matt and i will be back maybe with hopefully with john as well to do a few more of those comic event check-ins or uh just like standalone 12 issue runs uh like i know infidel is one that i really want to have us read sure. that's that's one that i've met the artist behind that uh, i think his name is aaron campbell if i'm remembering correctly and that comic received like instant critical praise and uh i think after like two issues it got a movie deal that has since yeah. fallen through that's one i really want to cover just because I, I i have the trade i just have not picked it up because i'm like i i have no motivation to read a scary thing so. <laughs> But like I, I've having talked to the artists and just like the story behind the art and everything, it's something I've, I want to read, but I just can't like get myself there because I'm like, it's supposed to be scary. <laughs> but we'll, we'll definitely continue to be talking comic books throughout the year. Uh, but let's jump into movies and get out of here, because uh, this year, despite not having a whole lot of superhero stuff, is still pretty packed. January is pretty light, although there are a few notable movies coming out, that being the Mean Girls musical which is just, again, continuously just poorly advertised because Hollywood is afraid of musicals. Uh, the Beekeeper starring Jason Statham. And then ISS. That's one that I'm actually really interested in seeing. That's the one where like war breaks out between the U.S. and Russia. But the entire movie takes place on the International Space Station. And it's about the two sides trying to gain control of the space station while a war is raging back on the planet. Oh, uh, I saw a trailer for that one uh, when we went and saw uh, Godzilla minus one. And I was like, that actually looks interesting. Uh, like interesting espionage trust thriller kind of thing. So I, I am actually genuinely interested in that. Uh, in February, we have Argyle. We have Madam Web, which we will be covering because I'm a glutton for punishment for certain. Yeah, things. you are. Uh, another <laughs> another one uh, that I just genuinely looks kind of good is the Bob Marley one love story. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see how that one uh, comes out because it could go very generic or it could actually be good. Yeah. Sorry. I just want to, you mentioned Madam Web. That movie is so funny to me because I think it's one thing where people like people look at it and they go, oh my God, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel which is not incorrect, but I, th- I think back to like the mid two thousands where it was like, if there was a comic book property, thanks to like Spider-Man and X-Men and stuff, it, it feels like a, a B like a throwback to the mid two thousands when it was like, Oh, we, we, so this is the best we could get. So we're going to make a shitty movie based on it. Like <laughs> jo- Jonah Hex or like RIPD and stuff like that. Like nature is healing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I still maintain that Electra in terms of quality product is like the worst superhero movie I have ever seen. I think you're probably right. And you know, what's going to be great about Madam web because this is Sony, right? They did it with Morbius. They're going to, there's going to be like a post credit scene where like 
Adam Scott meets Marissa Tomei. And they're going to be like, <laughs> it's part of the MCU. And it's going to be wonderful. Everyone's going to ignore it. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Chef's kiss. It's going to be the great, a great I'm movie. really curious. Wait. Cause isn't the bad guy also Kane? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it, they're, they're just messing around with so much Spider-Man lore that makes no damn sense, but they're throwing it at the wall to see yeah, what works. They're confused fumble to try and tie it into the MCU. Like that's so, so clumsy. You'd think it's like a junior on prom night, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so moving into March, we have Dune part yeah. two. Uh, then we also have Kung Fu Panda four, which I, I've admittedly never seen a Kung Fu Panda movie, but I know people are psyched for it. Uh, there's also Ghostbusters Frozen Ooh, Empire. Yep, yep, yep. April, we have Godzilla X Kong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's also Civil War, uh, not Captain America Civil War, just Civil War coming from A24. In May, there again, we're, we're completely missing out on superhero movies this year because of the strike uh, for Madame the Web. most part. Madam Web. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have Imaginary Friend or If. Uh, the Ryan Reynolds and uh, John Krasinski movie, which looks super adorable. I'm very curious to see that one. Furiosa, the Mad Max Fury Road prequel coming on May 24th. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes coming out the same day, which I'm curious if something's not going to get bumped because those two movies, that that could be another Barbenheimer kind of thing, although they're probably fairly similar in tone. I think every studio is going to try and take the opportunity to recreate Barbenheimer and it's going to fail every time. So I think those movies are staying. I think what we have here, cause I'm looking at this release dates, we have Furiosa. Cause there's also Garfield, Garfield releasing that same it's day. It's going to be mad Garfield of the apes. There you go. Garfarosa. Patent pending. <laughs> you heard it here first on talking smack. Exactly. Then in June, we have ballerina, yes. the John wick spinoff. Uh, Inside Out Two, another one that I'm I'm actually genuinely kind of excited for. That's uh, uh, a horror movie or at least a, a thriller. We have A Quiet Place Day One. Uh, then we have our superhero void filled by Deadpool Three. Oh boy! In July, oh boy. and then in August we have Borderlands, which is just it feels like hey, you know a bunch of these actors. Here's a brand that maybe a bunch of nerds know please come see our movie. We haven't seen anything on it, so I can't say much, but I given what borderlands is as a game, I think a movie is best suited for that style of action, but I have no interest in that movie. I, if I, if it ends up being bad, I might go see it just for the podcast. So we can be like, that ties back on this. one of the things that we're talking about with the TV stuff where that's a thing where, you know, it got, it, it was a popular game property. So they got picked up in the, the gold rush. And I'm like, what is that? Like, what are you doing with that? Like, what could or, that possibly yeah, it's, be? It's a you nothing know? game. It's just a bunch of fetch quests. There, There's no real story to it. It's just the world. Yeah. There's, there's fun to be had in those games. I like those games, but like, I'm not for the most part with some notable exceptions. I'm not there because of like the deep, lore and the characters that i care about you know mm-hmm. see i'm wondering if if for that movie we're going to be stuck with a rogue one situation because eli roth directed it but they did some reshoots last year where he wasn't involved in and tim miller the director mm-hmm. of the first deadpool movie in terminator dark fate and also overseas love death and robot netflix's love death and robots he oversaw all the reshoots interesting so, yeah. So, so there's a big tone shift going on there too. Yeah. P- potentially, yeah. 
finishing out August, we have Alien Romulus, which I am very curious about. It's an an in between an in between quill from Alien to Aliens, and it's supposed to be a standalone movie that was originally going to come out exclusively on Hulu, but because of the praise that Prey got, and because of the hype that it created the Disney was like, okay, let's see what a studio or a, a theatrical release will do for this revitalization of this horror franchise. Finally, finally tying the alien franchise into Star Trek. <laughs> yep. And then uh, to close out August, we have Craven the Hunter, which Matt, you are definitely going to see and come on the podcast for. <laughs> oh God, It's finally happening. It's Craven time. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm craving it. <laughs> uh, September doesn't have a whole, <laughs> September doesn't have a whole lot of notable releases. Just the animated Transformers one movie starring Chris Hemsworth as Optimus Prime. This is one I don't know that I'm going to go see. Uh, I'm curious just because it is going to be a musical. Uh, Joker fully. I do. You're skipping over Beetlejuice two. How dare you? That movie doesn't exist. Fuck you. No. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Oh, what God. about Saw, really Saw 11? No. <laughs> that, again, I don't care. The, you'll have your time to bring up bad movies in a second here. Smile. Uh, in November, we've got <laughs> in November, we've got Venom 3 still slated to be coming out. And then oh. December, oh, yeah, we, have, we have Sonic 3 plus um there's supposedly going to be a Mufasa prequel live action movie. I don't believe that. That's bullshit. That's yeah. <laughs> and uh, allegedly there's going to be a Lord of the Rings anime, the war of the Rohirrim. You're making stuff up. <laughs> I'm looking at the IMDb page right now. Well, stop lying. Quit lying. Dur- director Kenji Kami- Kamiyama. Nothing else is really known about this movie at all. Hey man, what if you stop lying? <laughs> uh, but th- those those are the notable movies of 2024. Um, anything standing out to you guys or anything you particularly want to talk about? All right. So I'm going to go back to front. So end of the year, we're ending with Nosferatu. This is Robert Eggers, who has done The Witch, The Lighthouse, The Northman. He is having, he's basically doing his retelling of the Nosferatu movie, uh, the German expressionist one from 1922 with Bill Skarsgård, otherwise known as Pennywise. And of course he has to have his baby William Dafoe in there. That could be a good, unusual, creepy horror movie that Josh won't watch. Oh yeah. I, I didn't hear anything about this movie until I saw like screen, like screens Mm -hmm. of it that featured William Dafoe just looking like the most unhinged person on the planet. And I was like, (laughs) I have to see this movie. So just a photo of William Dafoe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah well yeah i'm curious as to what they're going to do with Sonic the hedgehog 3 because this is going to be the first one without jim carrey and he made those first two movies so uh... we'll see we'll see oh is willem dafoe nosferatu or is this fan art that looks like fan art he's he's playing shadow the hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> bill skarsgård is playing the nosferatu okay oh yeah I, okay i see willem dafoe here Okay, he's, life he's holding like a can of oil or something, and he's burning the the vampire coffin. Yeah, he's the ultimate life. He's the ultimate life form. He's a black hedgehog <laughs> with red stripes. <laughs> he has a gun. Yeah, yeah he's got a gun. Boots. November, we have Gladiator 2, which 
<laughs> come on. No, that no, that's Alex. Talk about wires. <laughs> come on. No. Uh, really, the only things I'm really interested in is is Deadpool right now. I'm intrigued by Deadpool just because you know those first two movies are. I like them. I think they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see like you know they're it's supposedly joining the MCU proper. I'm interested to see how they deal with that. I mean, I think it's interesting. You know, I know, like I said, I MCU's first about this. officially R-rated movie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I know you guys talked about this in a recent episode, but I think it's interesting for a, a number of reasons. This is like the first, not the first year without really much MCU presence because 2020, they basically took off because of the pandemic. But I think it is like, whether it was the strikes, whether it is like intentional based on some of the recent issues they've been having, I think it is like maybe a nece- necessary for them to have like, like a quiet stretch to maybe see like, you know, let, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder and stuff. Exactly. Part of, the, part of the thing with like superhero fatigue to whatever degree it is like a real thing, I think is like you, you two to three movies a year plus like four TV shows, right? Like it feels ever present. So I'm curious to know like how this movie will do because I want it to be good. And also if them doing just one movie in a year is like maybe a way for them to sort of reset a little bit. Yeah. It's going to be, have been six years since Deadpool two came out and everything Ryan Reynolds has said about the character in his life, about how he thought two was just a little too big. He wanted to scale back. He wanted to focus more on the story. We'll see because um, like we, when we had previously talked about it, if this is a sanitized CGI fest movie, I'm going to be super annoyed. The first Deadpool was sure. a passion project that they were famous, that they, the studio didn't want to like even give them money for at the last minute, they slashed the budget forcing that really fun uh, third act, which was supposed to be like guns blazing you know, with all these weaponry. Instead, he stuck with his pistols and his sword because of budget cuts. The second one was good in moments, but also just felt too bloated. So what is he actually going to do? He's had six years. They've had numerous writers go over this thing. He brought back his own crew. He's producing it himself. He seems to be calling the shots, even calling out fans like, hey, listen, I want to film this thing outside. I want to film this thing on real sets. I don't want to be in a green screen. Stop leaking my stuff, man. Yeah. Give us something good. And we'll see if they can do a course correction because, I mean, yes, there was the writer's strike and then the actor's strike, but that strike should have given them breathing room to, once the writer's strike was over, to massage out the script a little bit more. And, you know. Hugh Jackman put on another 20 pounds of muscle. <laughs> let that man rest. You know? No. <laughs> let Disney, I'm begging you, you don't need to do that to your male talent. You don't have to do it. <laughs> hey, he's single and ready well, to he's, he's in the full body yellow and blue suit too. So like he doesn't need to be that buff. Yeah, but there's going to be one sh- one shot where he takes his shirt off and he's going to look like he is like completely dehydrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> muscle beef oh yeah and, and he and like i said he's single he's ready to mingle he's got to get jacked <laughs> that's true Forgot right, yeah it. yeah so uh not a lot of things i'm interested in other than 
I mean, we have a new Star Wars movie in April on the 19th of Rebel Moon Part 2, The Scar Giver. How did I forget <laughs> to put that on the list? <laughs> and let's not forget we have the director's cut coming in out February. of Part 1 at some yeah. point. Oh, is it confirmed? Yeah, I February? It's February, yeah. Don't forget the black and white version mm-hmm. <laughs> and the version that is, re- you know, extra recut with even more slow motion. And it, it's also put into a box that would fit into a, a 1990s tube TV. Mm-hmm. The really outside of that, it's really I'm looking forward to Dune 2 and I'm really, really, really hoping that Ghostbusters Frozen Empire proves that the Ghostbusters is an actual franchise and not just something that sustains itself by remaking the first movie every 20 years. <laughs> it will only be a success if they bring back the cast from the 2016 <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> as ghosts. <laughs> oh no, they're going to come in and save the day. Like they did at the, like the original Ghostbusters did at the end of uh, afterlife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about the new Ghostbusters movie. I didn't see the last one. I didn't see, was it Afterlife? It's surprisingly good. The The final act is just Ghostbusters all over again, but it's, I watched it on a flight uh, last year, two years ago, and it I, I, I thought it was fine. It was better than I sure. anticipated it would be. Well, I love, I love Ghostbusters, the original mm-hmm. movie, right? Um, one of my favorite movies. And, you know, I liked Ghostbusters 2016. Fine. It was, it was, it was fun. It was funny. It was whatever. The thing that really turned me off, and I say this to somebody who loves Ghostbusters, where like because it is a franchise that a lot of you know people our age fell in love with, because of mostly because of the cartoon and things like that. There's like this reverence for the lore mm-hmm. that I do not understand personally, and that was like all over those trailers where it was like scenes, like voiceovers from the first movie, like in reverent tones with like this booming music behind it. And I was like, what movie do you think you are like mythologizing here? Like the movie with where Dan Aykroyd gets a ghost blow job. Like, come on, <laughs> like what are we doing here in a dream? Hey, 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 hey. In a dream. No, 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 no. That was from a cut sequence in which they were supposed to be in a museum. And that was part of a set. And what it is, is that they were, it was the ghost of that woman was haunting it. So what he was doing was he put on her, he put on the husband's attire and laid in the bed to draw her out. He did not expect to be serviced by her. Now, mind you, that is all lore. That is canon. <laughs> and that is all true. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're bullshitting no. me right now, but there is a sequence. <laughs> no, no, in, no, I, there is a sequence no, no, in Ghostbusters where Dan Aykroyd. That is actually the true story. There is a sequence in Ghostbusters. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd Alex is asleep. This. Dan Aykroyd is asleep. <laughs> And he's like sitting there, and here comes a ghost in his dream, and then his pants unbuckle, and he goes cross-eyed. I'm just saying that that's a pretty clear implication. I don't care what. Oh yeah, he's no, wearing. no. I'm just saying that's why she does it is because she thought it was her husband. I'm not bullshitting you. That is actually the real story of that cut scene. But in the movie, he's having. Oh a yes, dream in the movie, he's having it. a dream. Yes, because for some reason, someone said we're cutting out this entire sequence, and one of them said, "I don't know, man. We spent a lot of money on undoing your pants magically." Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all that is to say, all that is to say, I don't know how how much that comports with the actual movie that was made, but it really seemed to me that it was like going to be this 
this sort of circle jerk about how cool and important Ghostbusters was. Uh, are you talking Afterlife? So I never. Oh, okay. Yes, based on the tra- based on okay. the trailers, based on the trailers. Um, so I just never saw it. So I'm sort of I'm glad people like it, but I'm also like, it's. I would say it's more like the Force Awakens for Ghostbusters. Okay, that, I think that's actually a pretty apt to, yeah. comparison. It, it's the Force Awakens for Ghostbusters because they even do the final act like, the same. Yeah, you don't have to sell you know you know you don't have no, to no, sell no, the no, movie no. to me. That's like yeah, two years no, old. But I, I the first time I watched it, I was actually a little startled by how callous the movie was towards uh towards the original cast. Actually, I was actually no oh, okay. All right. I, I don't want to spoil it for you in case you do watch it, but. Even on several rewatches, because I, I love it, my, uh, my wife and I love it. We'll watch one, two, and Afterlife like back to back sometimes. Ghost twenty sixteen is for special yeah, th- that's for uh, that's when they bust out the red exactly. wine. But there's a callousness that is actually given towards the original cast that is actually funny. The reverent one is actually Paul Rudd, who's like, "Do you not know about Ghostbusters?" Which is actually works for him with his uh, the, the the genuineness that he always portrays in his characters. Sure, yeah. It is very much a retread of the first one, especially when you get to Act 3. But I believe there's okay. enough emotional heart at the end when the original crew, I mean, they spoiled the original crew shows up at the end. There's enough emotional heart with the resolution that I think it stands as a good successor, which is why I'm so okay. concerned about this new one is, as you pointed out, for people of our generation, it's those movies and like 12 years of the animated series on Saturday morning, you know, we loved it. Yeah. You know, that was the thing. The 2016 one, it, I got some laughs, but I think it just hit the tone wrong in a lot of places, especially when it was that, it was that time period for about five years where basically they're like, we'll just take a premise put the comedians in the room and we'll just let them shoot and cobble something together. You could tell that. I mean, how many times did they have to go back over and over to yelling at the delivery person over not having enough dumplings? You know, there's that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. But is Ghostbusters a franchise or is Ghostbusters just some lore tied to four specific characters? And that, and right. that this movie will prove that out. Yeah, and I mean, to your point, like even Ghostbusters 2 is like almost beat for I beat. I don't get why they did the that. The original. In, I mean, yeah. you because at the Ghostbusters came out in 84, then you have... I think is 87 is when the animated series began. And then 89 is when the second one came out. Why did they start it off again with, I mean, the courthouse scene is fantastic. You know, two in the box, ready to sure. go. We be fast. Yeah. They be slow. Rent free. Why couldn't they have them be success, successful and out there? You can still do the slime story of something new. You can still, I mean, I love that scene of the ghost train. He's like, did you catch the number on it? I, I missed it. <laughs> the way Ernie Hudson sells that line, you know, Ernie Hudson's so underappreciated. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Cause I, I wonder how much of that is the time. Cause like there was a long time where, you know, you'd see a movie and it was good. And they'd make a sequel and it's like, Oh, it's never as good. It's just the same movie. Again. Airplane two. So it's like, there's a, yeah. Where you're just like, you're cashing in on the name more than you're like interested in making a fresh movie. It was like, what's the sequel reputation for a long, long time. The, poli- the entire police academy series how many times do they have to go to school right you know to the point of it 22 jump street satirized that perfectly with the whole like we have to do the same movie but we're doing it again <laughs> you know uh, so that's what i'm excited for anyway i got us off, i got us off track for 
Frozen, Frozen Winter. What is yeah. it? Frozen Empire. Sorry, Matt, are there any movies you're excited about? Because <laughs> I think Matt's excited for his trifecta of Sony superhero movies. We've got <laughs> Madam Web, Craven, and Venom this year. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> the, or- the original Venom is one that I was like completely baffled was as fun as it is. And I didn't like the second one as much, but it was still an enjoyable watch. I like the banter between Venom and Eddie in the second one. I think that one was really good. And like the lover spat that they had was, I thought, clever, yeah, really, but everything else was just shit. Really doubling down and like, oh, these these, these are boyfriends and they hate each other was was cute. So I'm, I'm intrigued by three. I don't know if I'm excited for it necessarily. I'm, I'll, I'll give it a shot. It's interesting because like maybe because of the writer's strike, maybe because people are maybe feeling a little burnt out on it. I, there's not a lot of franchise stuff that I'm like interested in. And some of that, it's just, it seems like there's not as much this year anyway. And some of that is also, you know, I have an almost one-year-old. I haven't seen the Guardi- Guardians 3 <laughs> yet, for better or worse. So like, I'm behind on that shit anyway. Sorry, I thought you were in that statement with, I have a, almost one month, or, one month old that I haven't seen. I thought you were say in months. <laughs> you like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm going through some stuff. That's why you're international man of mystery. Yeah. Yeah. You, I don't want anyone to know where I am. Yeah. So there's, I don't know. There's, I was scrolling through some of the stuff uh, coming out this year before um, we recorded. And I'm sure some of it's going to, I'm sure some of those things are movies I'm going to watch and think are great, but none of it immediately like jumped right out to me as, Oh, I got to see this. And like, in terms of the franchise stuff that we usually cover, on this show, I was like, it's kind of a slow year for that. So, and as I mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm sort of ambivalent about the new Ghostbusters movies. Although with your guys' recommendation, maybe I'll check out the last one. It's like, that's why I'm not. So, Madam Web looks, does weirdly look kind of interesting in that sort of like B-movie kind of way. Venom 3, Deadpool. I don't know. Maybe I'll finally watch Sonic 2 so I can catch Sonic 3. <laughs> See my man Willem. Yeah, I... For me this year, I think the the highlights, I you've got Dune Part 2, which is, it's what, three years in the making? That came out in late 2021. Came out in, um, I came out in 20, last year. Didn't it come out in 2020 or was it 2021? 2021. I thought it was 2021. It could have been 2020. Because it was one of the movies that, I guess they did that into 2021, but it was one of the movies that released simultaneously on HBO. Yeah, it was, a, it was a day and date that yeah. HBO was just like, they were so concerned that it wasn't going to make money at the box office. That's so they were like, maybe people will buy a subscription. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in Godzilla X Kong. I, I want to see how just balls to the wall, crazy that movie can go. Cause it, it feels like they're, they're already just leaning into the fast and the furious nonsense. If this is just 90 minutes of Godzilla and Kong teaming up. And at the end of it, Kong gets a, an infinity gauntlet or some kind of just like Iron Man <laughs> arm. I am here for it. Good for them. That Good franchise them. has gone off the rails so quick. The last one had confirmation of Hollow Earth, Godzilla getting pissed off, burning a hole from was from the crust in of, the middle of Beijing, middle of Beijing through to the center of the Earth where the Hollow Earth is to have just ha- just just so happens to be exactly where they are exactly. As well. So Kong can climb <laughs> out of it. Within seconds. <laughs> to beat up Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. All the while Eleven is letting us know about this. <laughs> Cause we cause it- That's why we love the movies, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
going to the I, cinema. I am here for it. I'm here for nonsensical action. Just bullshit. I'm hoping, hoping because pink Godzilla, oh, yeah. pink flame Godzilla. Please. I'm really hoping that, that the end of Monarch season one somehow ties into a secret Kurt Russell, either cameo or leading role in this next film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. He, because then he can be in Fast and the Furious and Godzilla. Yes, and <laughs> I'm sorry, the monster. And then we can um, get Big Trouble in Little China too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the other two movies that I'm I'm probably most hyped for, um, which are a little off brand for me, but I I enjoy certain thrillers and A Quiet Place and the Alien franchise both kind of hit that sweet spot for me where they're not quite horror, but they're really good like thriller action movies. Mm -hmm. So A A Quiet Place and Alien Romulus are ones that I'm like, okay, yeah, let's let's go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I I always forget because I've seen both those Quiet Place movies and then they're they're good and I always kind of forget about them. So that's one I'm. I'll be keeping an eye on. I think too. I don't know that I need a, a, a prequel. I guess, but you know. Yeah, they kind of covered that in, this, in a Quiet Place Part Two, um, and yeah. then we got to shout out the John Wick spinoff, Ballerina. Oh, yeah. Um, potential. We'll see what actually happens. It's got Ana de Armas, so you know you you hope that it's good. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I love. I'm a, I'm a big John Wickhead. That thing where he like pins a guy down and shoots another guy and then shoots the guy he's pinned. Love it. Called doing a John Wick. <laughs> Don't forget the time he shot that fat German that looked like Schmidt from New Girl and the guy did not like flinch. Hey, the, yeah. the John Wick franchise is fantastic. John Wick 3. John Wick 3. A lot of, lot of uh, dogs biting balls. That's another <laughs> highlight. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went in to John Wick three, and I was saying the same thing. I was like, I hope he does that thing where he pins a guy down and shoots the guy, and then sh- and then shoots the guy he's pinned. Does not happen that much in that movie, but you know it does happen a lot. Halle Berry's dogs like running up and biting guys in the crotch a lot, a lot in that movie. I'm sorry, but the the top down sequence in John Wick four when they're like raiding through that apartment complex, that is super cool. Oh, I'm that sorry. is amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, like. That's that's just some fantastic cinematography right there. Oh yeah, no, that is that is fantastic. John Wick rules. John Wick rules. And what's even I will say almost amazing about it, referencing John Wick three is, it is canon to Iron Chef, because you do have the um, the Iron Chef master there that he fights in a sword fight, and that's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm cutting that because that's a shit line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What well, a great observation, Alex. <laughs> this is why you follow me because I'm smart. <laughs> 1,700 yeah, hours. 1,700 hours. <laughs> well, we, we've been talking for about 90 minutes. My throat's starting to go. Let's let's start wrapping up. Matt, with you being back for this episode, how about you plug the Discord? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we have a Discord. Um, what is so fucking funny? <laughs> <laughs> just, just the, the passiveness of we like, just got off the rails. Of like you, like yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come join us in the Discord if you like what we do here, rambling sometimes 
somewhat coherently about pop culture, Star Trek, whatever. We do that all the time in the Discord, except it's in text form. Um, if you like me rambling, it's all <laughs> over there. So come, come hang out with us. You can follow us on all the social medias at Talking Spec Pod on uh, Blue Skies, Instagram, Threads, Hive Social, Post News, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Lonnie's website. You can email us your thoughts, questions, concerns, whatever else uh, at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Thank you to Leo Allen for musical themes and Beppo for our original avatars. Ricky, uh, Our Ricky avatar was made by Retrovale Studios. Please like, subscribe, rate, review on your podcatcher of choice. Those reviews go a long way in helping grow the podcast uh, so that that goes uh, without saying that any feedback is appreciated because engagement is king but matt alex thank you so much for taking the time to be here and talk about what's coming in 2024 oh yeah and most importantly everyone else thank you so much for listening and take care and watch star trek <laughs> <laughs>